Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. This week's guest, Kevin Rutherford, is an Ironman triathlete who is obsessed with hydration as he leads one of my favorite natural brands, Noon, as their CEO. Kevin, welcome. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. So we're going to start with hydration, and there's this really interesting statistic. 75% of people live their lives chronically dehydrated. Can you explain what that means and why this number is so important? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you think about hydration and it's so, it's so important for your body. Uh, let me, let me just kind of set the stage on that one. I was just thinking about this as you're asking, I'm going, if you think about the most important thing you can do for energy availability, which maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and if you think about just health and wellness and vitality, the, how long could you survive without food is one of the questions that I ask people. And the question is, like, I don't know, 70, 80, 90 days if I did a hunger strike. I don't recommend that, by the way. Um, you could survive that long. How long could you survive without water? Five to seven days, maybe, something like that, meaning clearly its importance for your body is really high. Uh, and then third is how long could you survive without oxygen, which would be minutes. So make sure you're breathing. And by the way, make sure you keep moving. So if I come full circle to that second most important one is hydration, we don't do it enough. We just don't do it enough. And you can hydrate in both the liquid form that we all think about, but also the foods you eat. Uh, so plant-based foods, water-based foods are really critical. And we don't, we don't put enough of those in our body in general, I think as a society is what we're seeing. Uh, and we also just don't think to keep hydrating. The, the, other, the other key factor here is how do you, how do you sip, sip, sip is kind of the strategy um, as opposed to gulping it down to try to catch up and make up for time because that rarely works because it will go right through. Binge you. hydration. Binge hydration. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. Um, in fact, on, on that note, here, here's one other, another interesting thing. Not only are we not putting enough liquid in our, liquid in our body um, and clean liquids at that, and not only are we not putting enough water-based foods into our body, um, Water alone, and no, I'm not trying to push a certain product in the, with the statement, but water alone actually doesn't hydrate you in itself because it will go straight through you, right? And so if you think about that, that's why you need the electrolytes and minerals that you get from food naturally to connect with the water molecules so it absorbs and stays with you. Uh, so again, we're, we're just not putting the right thing in our body, and therefore we're, we're just putting a deficiency on both our bodily functions, including brain health. What are your favorite sources in terms of foods? Well, I eat a plant-based diet. Um, so clearly fruits and veggies are really high on my list. Probably not in or that order, actually. I eat more veggies than I do fruit. Um, and, and I just really optimize that throughout my diet, what, throughout the day. And I, I tend to snack a lot. Um, I don't eat a lot of big meals, um, although I probably go the wrong way. And once in a while, do the, uh, the dinner uh, is the biggest meal, which shouldn't be. I realize that, so I, I go a little bit deficient on that one. But I, I, I just tend to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and try to get a high diversity, and I think that's, that's really the key. Are there any specific, you know, if someone's listening and they're saying, okay, give me, give me three to five fruits and vegetables if I'm going to focus on hydration, if you could name specifics. Well, yeah, like, you know, 
here, here's, here's a couple of gems that, you know, an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? So, you know, get, get your apples, pears, and, and, and those in when it comes to a fruit. When I think of a vegetable, another highly water-based vegetable that's maybe one of the more underrated, but it's high fiber content is celery. Celery is like huge right now. So huge. It's the thing. By the way, my wife hates celery and I don't know why. And she also is on plant-based diet, but I love it. I'm um, with your wife. <laughs> you are. She can't. Well, I, take I it. actually have a sensitivity to it. You do. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's me when I, I found don't. that out. I was like, no big deal. Like, I, I could lose celery. I'm not going to lose sleep over losing celery. Other foods, I'd be a little more upset about. But at any rate, continue. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So I, I, I hear you. So it, celery, huge source of hydration. Did you yeah. learn that? I'm reverse interviewing here. Did you Did you <laughs> learn that through an elimination diet? Yeah, I did all sorts. I've, I'm one who does lots of tests. Yeah. And I uh, was recovering from a parasite and did, did all sorts of like personalized testing. And through an elimination diet, I discovered that along with some testing that me and celery were not. And it was one of those foods where I was like, okay. Like if it were, if it were maybe uh, a vegetable I was more fond of, like Brussels sprouts or, or kale, I'd be like, wait. We need to like revisit this, Rethink but for Brussels, it. I was like, celery, okay. I don't really care about celery. <laughs> I, I asked that because I, I think on a macro scale, I think we're going through these elimination diets and cutting out, cutting out, cutting out, and we're losing the diversity mm-hmm. um, of food and nutrients that go into sure. our body and obviously building a really strong gut. So I, that's why I asked. I was curious sure. to see how you got there. But of course, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Don't, yeah. don't eat it. Um, but yeah, you know, coming back full circle, you know, spinach to me, I still, still love that one. Um, you know, carrots, just some pretty basic stuff. Um, and really just, again, not the starches. They're not going to be, uh, of course I love potatoes. I don't know who doesn't. Um, but you know, again, just think water-based foods like that and fruits and veggies are, are the go-to. So how do you know if you're hydrated? Well, you know, one of the things we, we will we'll do at noon um, and we'll, we'll hand somebody what we call our pee stick and, or your hydration stick. So um, you can look at that and see where your pH level is and see how dehydrated or hydrated. But the, honestly, the simplest test, it's not perfect, but if your urine color um, is really bright yellow, you're probably dehydrated. By the way, if it's almost like clear, like, like really clear, then you probably are too hydrated, which you can be. Very few people are, um, but that can also happen. So your urine color is honestly your quick metric. If it's dark, you, you need to get more hydration in you. And is there, I've heard all different opinions on this, but a rule of thumb that most people should have a certain number of glasses as relation to their weight. Yeah, I've heard, you know, I've heard anywhere from the eight to 10 glasses and a glass being somewhere from 12 to 16 ounces uh, a day. Uh, I don't think there is actually a magic number. Um, I think it, it depends on, on your body. We, you know, this morning I was in a, in a meeting um, uh, chatting with someone and she, she told me that she drinks maybe, I don't know, two, three glasses of liquid a day and like Whoa. period, including coffee. And then there was a water in there. And so at the same time, what was working for her, though, is she was eating a lot of water-based foods. So mm. it's that combination of the two. So I really don't know if there's a magic number. Um, really, it's a lot of feel. And just if you think grazing, just constantly mm-hmm. make sure you're bringing that in. Love that. So it's winter here in New York. And people often think of hydration as you know just like a summer sweat thing, but not the case. Very true. Um, 
So, so think about this one too, right? Is your, your right now, as we breathe, we are dehydrating, right? We're excelling, we're getting rid of moisture in our body. The same thing's happening in winter. And in fact, the other thing that's happening in winter is it tends to be in New York pretty dry in in the winter. Uh, The air is, that is, of course, when it's not snowing or raining. And, and the idea of replenishing liquids in terms of you're still perspiring, but it might be evaporating quicker because of the dry air, is really needed. And, and think about here's what hydration does for you. And, and so I come at it from a little bit more of an active lifestyle lens, um, but I think it applies to anyone. And so when you think about that, you want to be hydrated because your muscles will work better. Your ligaments are more pliable and how that's moving the different fibers. Mm. And that's the same, the same in winter. Uh, so you're still going to need that. You will need to drink more. You will need more fluids if you're sweating at a higher rate uh, when it comes to summertime. Mm. But it's still happening. You just may not realize it. I find myself more dehydrated in the winter than I do the summer. Um, that's probably you're having too many cervezas or something like no, that. No, I, I do. There's something about it. Maybe it's me personally. And, yeah. and also our plants do. I have to water our plants more frequently in the winter than I do the summer. I don't have an answer for this. I know. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed We've to We've gone to agriculture. No, no, no. But I just, I was like, I don't know if there's any relation here. I don't know. I, I haven't heard that. Um, I, you definitely, we, you know, we, we underhydrate our bodies. To Maybe there's with. just some osmosis going on between me and the plants. We've developed a really unique spiritual relationship you and we're mirroring have. each other. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it used to be that people who would tend to talk about hydration, serious athletes, and, and it, it's really about anyone. It is about anyone. Um, I think, you know, you had a guest on, on your show, um, and uh, Dr. Pulmutter? Pulmutter, yep. Brilliant, by the way. Yeah, um, he's abs- great. Absolutely brilliant. And I think in there, he talked about the importance of anaerobic or aerobic activity, but he also talked about hydration and was talking about brain health. Mm-hmm. And and he also said something else that was absolutely blew my mind away that I didn't know. If you remember this, he talked about overnight, you start to become, your brain actually shrinks. Um, so it's kind of dehydrating. And he said it's getting the poop out of the brain. Mm-hmm. That was his kind of detox idea um, through sleep. And, and so think about this and then the brain starts to come back because now you're hydrating and you're moving again and, and what that looks like. So I think about the same thing with your body. And, and so if you really want to optimize your health, get the fluids moving. So that, that means move, like move. That is the number one thing you could do, literally move your body. Um, but the other one is get the fluids moving through liquids and clean hydration again. Like what is that and how do you keep putting that in your body to keep everything functioning and moving? Uh, and it's not just an athlete thing. In fact, you could argue that when you're focusing on an athlete, that's the torture test. So if it's good enough for them, it's got to be good enough for any one of us, right, in this case. Uh, and so it, I honestly believe it may be one of the most important things, if not the most important thing you could put into your body um, for optimal health and nutrition or, or help optimal health and vitality, I should say. So something else I do a lot, you do a lot, and a lot of people listening do a lot is travel. And when you travel, you tend to get dehydrated and you tend to be vulnerable in terms of your immunity. So talk a little bit about that connection. When it comes to travel, again, we're kind of confined, if I think of specifically an airplane. Exactly. We're, we're, yes, I should. Yes. Well, because it could be in a car, right? Yeah. Um, and when I think of travel and, and airlines and you're in this aluminum can and uh, it's also extra dehydrating up, up in the sky. So 
hydration becomes even, you know, even more important if you don't want to put yourself in a deficit. And the deficit then will cause other issues, which then can cause you to get cold and illness and, and whatnot. So I, I will tell you my strategy on this one is I prehydrate before the plane. I also try to get an aisle seat. I try so hard. I don't care where it is, but just give me an aisle seat because I want to hydrate the whole time. Uh, for so you can I, go to the bathroom so too. So I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> as one of the downsides is as you hydrate more, the more you have to go to the bathroom. And so uh, a couple of things that, that I would, I would suggest you do is think ultra hydration. So if water alone doesn't hydrate you, can you add something to your water or can you have the favorite, favorite liquid that you may use? Um, and electrolytes are those salts and minerals that will mm-hmm. help you hydrate and, and make it really count and hold within your body. And so I, I do that. Um, obviously noon hydration is, is the product that I use within my water bottle. I also bring my own. I think the, the other thing that you can do as well when I think about travel, and, and we've just entered into this segment recently. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you go to JFK, I'm thinking in yeah. New York, in LaGuardia, uh, in the Chibo, not pronounced Chibo, but Chibo. Express. I've been pronouncing it wrong all these years. Me too. Um, I love Chibo. So You're it's, there. It's, it's Italian for... Hydration. We'll give it that, but it's not. Um, it's not. I think it might be. I think it might be for food, but um, nonetheless. So Chibo Express now has noon hydration, our immunity product, and so the immunity product is having electrolytes, but it also has anti-inflammatories and antioxidants to try to just boost your immune system. Um, more as a preventative measure, so that you can fight off any germs that are in that aluminum can that you're sitting in for several hours. No germs in there. Well, maybe a few, <laughs> maybe a few, maybe a few. Uh, so, you know, travel uh, is, there. there's all kinds of convergence happening um, here, but the, the, the convergence of travel becoming more common for people, more people are flying than ever before, uh, and then converging that with health and wellness, which is why Chibo is really, look at like airplane They've done food. a great job. Complete, like their assortment, like all my favorite natural brands are there. Complete evolution. Yeah. You didn't expect that, right? Like that's, that's a big departure. I also tend to try to bring my own, food on the plane. Uh, so I like to bring like a trail mix as well. Um, so cashews and peanuts and walnut pieces and things like that. And then have an apple and a couple of pieces. Especially of salty cashews make you drink more water. That's true. And you, and <laughs> by, by the way, I do think one of the myths that we've created as a society is salt is all bad. Uh, so we created this whole thing of like sodium free, sodium free, which I understand because we the, the pendulum went too far and we started adding sodium to every package food that you could think of. Uh, and we did have too much sodium. Um, however, sodium isn't all bad. Uh, there's natural salts in many natural foods that you're eating from the earth all the time. Uh, and I, I actually think that's one of the misnomers. So the salty food helps you when you're drinking your water as well. And travel's like the big thing where I think people get, especially when you travel a lot, get sucked into this vortex of unhealthy uh, behaviors. You know, traveling can be stressful, it can cause anxiety, you could be tired. So what do you do? You drink coffee and then you're dehydrating yourself or you have a drink and yep. you're dehydrating yourself. And so it's, it's something too that I've found I still fly quite quite a lot, not as much as I used to, but close to a hundred thousand miles a year. And I've had it's like the one thing I'm forty four now. Like I feel pretty good. I feel really good. Like I don't feel forty four, but like travel, if I don't prepare in the right way, it kicks my ass when I'm flying like yeah. long flights, cross country and so forth. That's like the one thing if I don't prepare, if I don't stay hydrated, if I don't eat like it'll kick my ass. I completely agree with you. Do you ever have this observation? So because we fly a lot, um, this sounds very elitist. This is not my intent. Um, sometimes I get the luxury of getting bumped up to first class. Sure. 
And so if you're in first class, everyone I sit beside, like 98.7% of the time, that's not a real statistic, but meaning very high, <laughs> they, they will order an alcoholic drink. And yeah. I, I'm not anti-alcohol. That's, that's not where I'm going. But to your sure. point, it's putting you in a deficit. Yeah. And you do that because, well, that's kind of the first class thing to do in itself. Yeah. And so lately, I've almost challenged myself to say, I'm going <laughs> into this flight and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to get clean and stay clean um, throughout the whole flight. Yeah, I'm the same. So for many people know, I'm six seven, so I, I will upgrade frequently. And it's not for the perks like the food. It's just so I can like fit without breaking my back. That's a big <laughs> yeah. part of my wellness story. People may know. And so I, I usually pass on the food, period. I yep. just take the nuts and the water. Delta, actually, I think is like pretty good food. And like a couple airlines are catching up. And like I'm like, wow, like that's a really good option. Like, good yep. job, guys. But I just generally like just... Give me the nuts. Lots of water. <laughs> I know this isn't on hydration, but if I could give one other recommendation since you travel a lot, and people, the last thing you want to do is this, but when you get up the next morning, whatever time zone you're in, make sure you prioritize exercise. Totally. It'll reset Walking. your body. Yeah, yeah. Right? It'll reset you really quickly in that's, that time zone. That, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's one thing, Colleen and I, whenever we travel, like we try to go for a walk like immediately, even if I'm like, ah, I can't do the gym or whatever, like, let's just walk, got to move the legs. And what's great about some airports that are big is like, you end up walking a lot. You do. I agree. And like, I, I track my steps. I always love doing that. Yep. It's like, wow, like just getting out of like JFK terminal four. Wow. <laughs> got like 5,000. I'm still going. I'm like still going. I called going. the Uber driver like 10 minutes ago. Like I'm not even like halfway getting out, but yeah. no, it's, it's important. Um, so like segueing to like you mentioned Chibo Express and what they're doing and like there definitely is this shift happening in the world that's quite exciting. Um, where do you see the future of food, nutrition, and then also like your side, like sports drinks and where do you see that going and, and it's the whole space? Yeah, I, th I believe at a macro level, there are two worlds that were very separate that are coming together. Uh, and we happen to live in both of those being at noon, noon hydration. So you've got the wellness, natural, holistic view of things, um, which is most of the listeners here are used to this, right? So natural, organic foods, biodynamic. But then you've got this fitness kind of active lifestyle world. And those, those two are converging. And, and here's, here's where I'm going is in the past, if you looked at sport nutrition or sports drinks, it was basically give me what I need to perform in this moment. Right. By the way, that could be just the weekend warrior and I just want to pump more iron or I want to do really well. But they're not really thinking holistically. And a lot of athletes didn't really think about hydration or nutrition to the longevity, the extent there. That's changing. And what's happening right now is it's going, give me more the, the kitchen chemistry versus the lab. And because I, want, I don't want to compromise performance, while I want to have the best ingredients possible for me. And that, that is a transformation that's happening right now in sport nutrition and in the hydration world, um, period. And that, that's, that's relatively new. It feels, by the way, to the listeners here is like, what? That's, that's <laughs> new? And, and it boggles my mind because I think of my past and before noon, I was so used to this world. I'm going, how is this not already happening? So I do think that's, that's happening. The opposite, though, I think is also happening. And when you look at the uh, health and wellness side of things, that world is starting to integrate more things that are coming from the active lifestyle, like electrolytes. Like actually, mm -hmm. when we think about that in itself, there's electrolytes in 
it seems like everything. Like there's constantly electrolytes in this infused bar to gumdrops to, of course, liquids. And so I think I think the active lifestyle is infusing right back the other way. I think that's also infusing um, categories like functional beverages and functional shots. Uh, I looked at and I noticed Vital Proteins, as an example, has a whole line of shots that they've, I believe it's recently launched. Um, And I think that's a really good example is I think there's an infusion there of what's some functional benefits that I can get at different times of the day. And I think the active lifestyle is kind of injecting itself into there. And then also, of course, look at the whole protein craze. I think we're over protein to death. I think we need protein, but you can once you have so much in your body, it's just basically becomes a toxin. So you're going to try to eliminate it. Right. And I think, I think that trend, by the way, and when I look down the road, I think we're going to realize, okay, you need protein, but we went a little over the top. The pendulum swung too far. Let, let's just bring it back a little bit in balance. Uh, but I think that's the active lifestyle space is, is actually permeated back the other way into wellness. Does that answer your question? Yeah. You yeah. 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 Um, yeah. What, what and, else you got there? And so, with noon specifically, so like personally, love what you're doing with the immunity. I travel a lot. I take it. Chibo yeah. Express. Congrats, Chibo. Love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, where are you guys going? Where do you see the future for you? Yeah, I uh, will. We'll always look at it through an um, an active lifestyle lens. The good news is those worlds with health and wellness is really converging. So we're focused on hydration for now. Uh, we, we don't have any intention of expanding beyond that. And I, think, I believe if I could really articulate the reason for that is there's still so much opportunity in front of us of just staying focused. What you are finding, though, is where we started at this kind of sport, sweaty occasion, we're also thinking about what are the other occasions where you can... Um, you can impact uh, and, and infuse something into your hydration to improve your health at different day parts, if you will, or different need states. And that's where immunity started. Uh, so immunity came out um, last, I think, April-ish is when we launched. But really, this cold and flu season is what we were focusing in on. But it officially launched around the April timeframe last year. Uh, there's more products that we have coming. So uh, in March, I, I guess I can talk about that one now because it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got uh, a rest product. Um, so rest and recovery, I think, is really important. What's in that? Uh, so we got a couple of key ingredients in there. So when we think about rest, um, in this case, we, we look at it again from an athletic lens. So how do I calm my body down so I can get to, um, a deeper sleep? So it's, it's not a sleep aid, although it does help with a deeper sleep. It's more calming your body and mind. Uh, so you've got everything in there from, of course, tart cherry, which has some natural occurring melatonin. Um, you've got magnesium, which again, relaxes both the mind and body on this one. And that's really its core benefit. In addition to that, there are some electrolytes in there. We do believe that hydration with electrolytes will always help. So it's usually a complete electrolyte profile plus something. And that's basically what we did was we had our sport product boom, electrolytes. And we have a vitamin product infused in there with vitamins and minerals that people are deficient in. Uh-huh. And then immunity and then rest is most recently one that we're launching in another month. Awesome. So you mentioned infusion and I couldn't help but think of IV drips. Oh yeah. Do you have a point of view on IV? It's uh, like exploding here. I feel like it's everywhere. I think it's interesting. Uh, so when you think of when people pass out from dehydration after a race, and you've, you may or may not have seen that happen, and hopefully it hasn't happened to you. I don't, uh, I don't race. That's good. I don't run either. I hate running. Oh. I always joke. It's so a lot, easy to do. I, I just, the last time I ran was the last game I played in college 21 years ago. I've just never liked You're overdue. Running. I just don't like running. 
I like yoga. I like, I love walking. I just never enjoyed it. I only run when chased. So if you see me running, it's not a good sign. Yeah. Call the police. Call the police. All right. <laughs> um, so on Ivy, <laughs> when you think about that, you know, when, when, when a paramedic is coming in, they're not trying to put water in you. There are basically electrolytes sure. that they're putting in there. So I, I can see that um, it will help you feel better. Well, it's like a big thing here with like hangovers, beauty, party. Like it's an exploding thing in New York and a lot of cities now. And again, performance. I, I think it works. Yeah. Like that's the thing is I actually think there's probably something that works. I've never done it, so I, sure. I don't know. Neither have I. But I assume it works. I think the other challenge is it's a very short-term fix. And so is it a sustainable model? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think when we take anything to an extreme too far, uh, it's it, it could work, but I don't know if it will work long term. Right. And and Atkins, I think, is a great example of, you know, it went too far and then it died out. Um, and then, you know, now you've got keto, which I think is not as far as Atkins. So it's definitely right. better. Is it too far? I don't know. And as the plant-based guy, I should probably not offer an opinion on that. But Well, also, I think with anything, it becomes super trendy and then everyone creates a product and then some of those products really, and I think everyone would agree, is you know eat, eat real food. <laughs> that yeah. should be the cornerstone of your diet. Then when everyone comes up with a product that is meant for a treat yep. or something to incorporate it not it, and shouldn't be the mainstay of that diet, that's when you run into problems and it just you see this thing happen over and over. Yep. But keto is interesting, and I do think has some legs. I thought of something as you were saying that, and I was thinking about nutrition and hydration in the future. One of the things that, um, again, might feel really odd to this audience, in sport nutrition, uh, it's very um, male-dominated. So sports in general have historically been very male-dominated. And I I do believe the future is female when it comes to sport nutrition. And and let me give you a couple thoughts on this one, is when you design sport nutrition and even hydration products in the past, they've been designed mainly by men, um, and therefore it's for the male body first. And male and female bodies are very different. In fact, female bodies are much more complex. And so as we've done some of our research, you're going, if you designed simpler products that are designed for women, you you actually might be able to default where it will be fine for a, a male body to adjust. But vice versa, not always the case. And so I think the world is changing um, from many perspectives. Again, females role, women account for 80% of all purchases. Either they make them directly or influence them. You can probably speak to that. I can tell you my wife influences me on my purchases. And so I, I really think the future is female is happening in sport nutrition as well. I love and that. There's a massive opportunity. One other statistic I thought I'd share with you. Um, I just came from the outdoor retailer show last week, which had nothing to do with nutrition. Um, it's think about like winter gear, ski and stuff like that. Like Yeti. Yeti, bingo, yeah. Outdoor resource, Patagonia. Yep, yep. you got it. And so um, I'm sitting through the NPD presentation, and in that presentation, they kind of hit home on this point that I'm saying on sport nutrition is actually happening in the athletic wear as well. And so they showed um, shoes, so athletic shoes. Men are still significantly more in terms of purchases, so revenue from male athletic shoes is still significantly more than females. Now, women's shoes are growing, athletic shoes are growing at a much faster rate than men's. In fact, men's are kind of stagnant, and the growth is on the, on the, the women's side. Um, however, the gap is still there. So what that says to me is going, we still have a lot of growth opportunity just from a business perspective of really understanding the needs of women and serving that much better. So... 
a lot of momentum, but we've got a long way to go, which also speaks to a lot of opportunity. And I, I suspect you're going to see more happening in that angle. I agree. So what brands do you admire? A lot of great brands today and natural products. Who do you admire? Who do you look to for inspiration? Who do you think is innovating? Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, in, in the past, uh, being the plant-based guy, I always looked up to Vega. I thought Vega was doing a really nice job. Um, I'm not as familiar with what they're doing now. Um, you know, I, I, I hopefully they didn't peak because I really, I really like what they're doing. I think Brendan uh, Brazier over there is um, just class act person. So that, that's one that I've looked at historically. I wish I ate these bars more um, because they don't have many vegan options. Uh, but I think Perfect Bar is really kind of flipping a bit of a yeah. category on its head in having refrigerated bars. Uh, so it feels like they're closer to the natural state and, you know, um, if you will, uh, it just, it just feels like it's the right thing to do, and I think they're doing a really nice job. Uh, and I think how they're innovating there is is really interesting. It's it, they're, they're a category disruptor yeah, in I love creating something. Brilliant and so counterintuitive because most people, you don't, most brands traditionally stay away from refrigerated and freezer because it's most competitive and right. there's limited real estate, but brilliant if you're the only product in a category, right. limited choice. I'd rather be... I'd rather have shelf space with nothing, no other competitors around me. Yeah. So brilliant. And now everyone else is trying to do the same thing. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone had to break the ice, I guess. Right. In that case. But you get enough of a lead, it doesn't matter. And I, I guess maybe we're hoping that with, with Dune is, you know, we're an electrolyte. thing. Yeah, exactly. tablet. And it's a bit of a category creator because we, we sit, we were not a ready to drink, mm-hmm. but yet we're a replacement for a ready to drink because put it in your water and you're near the checkout and we're near the checkout at times <laughs> sales team must be doing a really great job um and and then and then if you think about it we're we're kind of in the supplement land but yet we kind of fall in between the ready to drink and so it, it's it's a really interesting position and now we're noticing more tablets show up uh in terms of trying to steal some of our shelf space if you will and maybe market share you're on to something that's a good sign that's the way i'm taking it right so what keeps you up at night? And then on the flip side, what has you excited every morning? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's much that keeps me awake at night, truthfully. And my wife would attest to that. I sleep pretty hard and I'm gone. Like, I'm out. Lights out. That being said, um, I think there's probably two things. Uh, as as a, a leader on the business, people is always um, the thing that would keep me up at night because I want to make sure that the team is fulfilled and they're thriving and growing. Culture is just so important to me. Uh, and so I think that one is, is the, the big challenge because, you know, as the team grows, it becomes more complex. Um, but I, I think that's one. I think the other one, and you and I talked about this a previous conversation a while back, and is around sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I, I think consumers, the way they look at when they purchase something for themselves, pr- uh, products, they first go, what do I put in me? Then what do I put on me? So personal care, things, things like that. And then what do I put around me? And that's like the care for the planet. And so because it's two degrees of separation, I think we're not making purchases based on what's better for the planet. And so we've chosen not to do a ready to drink for that reason. Um, but we're not perfect. We're in a plastic tube. And so I'm going, okay, well, we want to talk about more about making a difference. But hey, by the way, we're not, we're not totally clean here. We need to figure out how to do something different than a plastic tube. And so that keeps me awake at night because I really do want to make a difference for the planet. And I do think we're a better alternative and it's pushing in the right direction, but it's far from perfect. So it's like, you're just going to have people come right at you. I feel like packaging technology is starting to catch up. I think it's going to change quickly. I agree with you. And, and I'm, 
I, I, I just hope it happens soon and I'm, I'm listening. Like anyone out there, tell us what you got. Cause I want to replace that too with something different. Sure. And so what has you excited every morning? Um, I, I'm excited that the, I feel this momentum happening, uh, around people thinking about their health more, maybe out of necessity. And I, re- I recognize that might sound crazy to people. Maybe I'm just who I surround myself with. But I think more and more people are really leaning in and re- realizing in order to take care of myself, I need to do more preventative versus reactive medicine. And I do think that's happening. Uh, I do believe that's growing. Uh, fast enough, maybe not. Um, but I really am excited about that. And I, and I hope that people think of exercise and movement as part of that. And, and that gets me excited because I think more people are thinking about it, maybe not enough people doing it. And I think that maybe that we at least that's the first step. Love that. And uh, last question, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice, say in your twenties, what advice would that be? Oh, um, so if I was to go back to myself in my twenties, I would, I would probably say be confident in, in who you are and, be that person. I think sometimes we tend to want to conform around those that are uh, all around us uh, in order to fit in. I think it's a natural human nature. Uh, and if I think I could go back in time, I'm like, you know, there's some things that people really appreciate about me that maybe I didn't know back in my 20s. And I, and that would be my advice to anyone then at that point is just, you know, be yourself, um, be your authentic self, obviously, uh, and do the right thing. Uh, and, I, and I don't think I didn't do the right thing in most cases, but I, I think I sometimes, you know, second-guess myself. And I still do. Um, but I, I think I probably second-guess myself a heck of a lot more. Sure. I love that. Kevin, thanks so much. It's been fun. <laughs>